What's up, guys? We are live from the brand new AA Mint Cards here in Cooper City. And in case you forgot who I was or you're new to the you know situation here at Hobby Slam Podcast, I am your host, Daniel Imano, at Rips by Imano. And I'm here with my co-host, Peter Ginter, at Pete Pulls Heat. And guys, I can't put into words how incredible this entire day has been. Um, AA Mint has opened quite possibly one of the future meccas in the entire hobby and definitely a staple down here in South Florida as far as card shops go. Uh, to, to see it through pictures and video probably doesn't do it justice, but being here in person, you're just speechless because it's just next level from the design with the lights to how the wax wall is set up and then the slabs being right in the middle. I mean, I could keep going, but Pete, how are you feeling about this? Uh, the one thing that stood out, and we've been all over AA's account all day today watching and seeing that there's been a line out the door literally since from like the 9 time they opened to right now as we speak. There is a line going setting up for the trade night that we are having. Um, absolutely unbelievable. Um, the way that everything's set up, this is probably, for my experiences, the state of the art of what's going to be, what card shows are going to want to be in the future. Yeah, card shops, but it's definitely setting the bar. We're definitely enjoying ourselves here. We have some special guests lined up for this episode today. We have YZ from Bleacher Breaks. We have the owners of AA Mint Cards, and we're going to be doing some special box openings as well. And we're excited to see just where this night takes us, in all honesty. I mean, we got DJ Frostbite outside. We got Huey Magoos that's going to be here in a little bit. Like mm. Pete said, there's a bunch of tables already set up outside. And people have been lined up to put into context and give you an exact time frame. Since around 9 a.m., people have been lined up outside of this shop. And it's currently 6 o'clock, and the line has not decreased or really increased. It's just remained the exact same. And to give you an idea, it's about three or four shops away from the actual entrance of the brand new AA Mint card. So guys, we have some guests coming on through. We look forward to showing you what this episode has to offer. Um, but also something that's currently happening, it's halftime right now Yep. with Baltimore and Houston. It's currently tied 10-10. It's a 10-10 game, yeah. Big it's a lot closer. Return. Big punt return for Houston in this game. It's a lot closer than people thought, huh? Yeah, it was a nine and a half point spread. But we said it the other day, we had it as a defensive battle and that's exactly what we've gotten. Gus Edwards still needs to get in. The yeah, Gus enough. Edwards, anytime touchdown. Please need get please. in. Please get in. Hopefully by the time you guys watch or hear this, we He's have in. a Gus Edwards anytime touchdown that hit at plus 110. Yes. That would be nice. But yeah, guys, we'll be back with some guests and we'll catch you around in a little bit. Okay, guys, we are back for the Hobby Slam podcast. We got our first guest of the night. We got YZ in the building. Let them know. Is there any like sort certain name you'd rather go by or is it just YZ? YZ, Weezy, Kyle. Whatever rolls <laughs> off the tongue easiest. Whatever. <laughs> Kyle sounds pretty easy, it. but... YZ I, official is his Instagram handle. So make sure you guys go shoot him a follow first and foremost. Uh, he works with Bleacher Breaks, does some stuff on his own, but puts out a lot of great content for the hobby. So he was going to roll on through regardless. And we were like, we got to have you on the pod. We got to definitely open up some conversation and see where it leads to. Um, so I'll start things off nice and simple, man. How'd you get into the hobby? I got into the hobby. I'd break it down into two things. When I was younger, my father and I, we'd always go to target, get boxes of cards, try and feel them out for the which ones had the patches and stuff, and I loved it. And doing the memorabilia side of it too, going to, you know, athlete signings and getting stuff signed, and I've always, always been in it. High school, beginning of high school, I kind of stopped. And then 
2019, a little bit before COVID and the boom, uh, one of my buddies got a job at Blood Sports Cards, one of my best friends, Hobby Hawk. Um, he told me, I think you'd be interested in this. It has to do with sports. It's not gambling, but, you know, you can make investments on it and stuff. And, you know, I watched him break and I got hooked. I got hooked and I got hooked fast. Okay. Do you remember like, so you're saying it's like around COVID time. Do you remember like what was the set that hooked you? Like I know for me at the time it was 2020, 2021 prison basketball. It was for me probably optic in prison basketball 2019. Impeccable. When Impeccable in 2019 came out, I, it, I was a loose cannon. I, I was like peak. I, yeah, that was peak. Do you remember what your biggest pull of the time then was? And then how much would that card be worth today? I pulled a Zion Optic Purple Fast Break to 95. It ended up grading a 10. At the, I think I sold it for 1800 There was a point it was probably worth more today that's... His market's gone way down since that point. That's why it's crazy to like even ask about like value from that time. Cause I, I feel like one of the things about the hobby and especially as you get into it, right? Like a lot of us were reintroduced to, to like the passion of collecting because like we lost sight of those things in a way. Like, you know, like you said, you started high school and it's like your focus shifts and then we shift it back when we find these passions once again. But like the craziest part is, is we try to say that it's like, it's the passion that ultimately fuels it. It's like, you no, know, it's also the embracement of like how volatile the market could be. And it could be in good or bad ways. Like even when the market like goes down like that, people need to learn that it's like, it's still time to buy and it's still time to like jump into the market. So it's like crazy to hear out of 95. Like I can only imagine at some point that that card was probably like three, $4,000. Yeah, no, it might. It honestly could have been five at the time, but yeah, you know, now it might be five, 600, but it's like, it's like you said with, you know, these tides and turns that come along with it. And, you know, we've had, crazy spikes since I've, I've come back into the hobby and then crazy dumps. But I think with each dump, each pump, there's opportunities to make money. And, you know, it stinks when you might be into a card for 10 K and it drops to six, but it also gives someone else an opportunity to get in for cheaper. So, and you kind of get opportunity out of it as well. Cause now you're getting liquid back and you have the opportunity to go and, and make a smarter investment. It's like lessons learned, right? But the thing is, is like the consequence doesn't always come at an absolute zero. You know, like that's something I love about the hobby. You never really end up with an absolute zero. Like even in like, I'm just going to say it openly and honestly, like even in a Wander Franco styled situation, like I know people that are still selling his cards. I know people that are still buying his cards, believe it or not. Yeah, you see, like, it's like you never hit at an absolute zero, no matter what the situation is. And like, that's also like a beautiful thing in the hobby. So like, it's like, I think it's like when we see those kinds of things, like, when did you start to recognize that, well, all right, now this is something I'm passionate about. I actually enjoy it, but I could turn this into a career. Like you said, your friend was telling you like, yo, you could really, you know, do something with this. Yeah. And you know, it was presented as almost like an investment type of type of thing. When my friend told me to hop back on it and honestly, yeah, it's pretty cool that, you know, people compare it to sports gambling, but you never go to absolute zero. And you know, a player gets hurt or this, that, the other happens. I look at it as like an opportunity to buy at a discount. Yeah. 
Like, I still believe in that player. Like, a lot of people, even right now with Joe Burrow, you know, Joe Burrow had that season-ending, you know, injury, and people are still buying him. I think he's a buy right now. Oh, I, he absolutely is. I Anytime the player goes on a discount like that, I like to hop on. I look at it from almost, like, I used to do a little bit of stocks and options. Not a ton, but when you do, like, these put options, you're basically going a week or two into advance and saying... I'll buy 100 shares of whatever if the price drops below here. And, like, if it happens and you get put the stocks, you're essentially buying at a discount from the date that you put in that option. Yeah. And that's kind of how I look at it with cards. It's like this Joe Burrow was 3000 a month ago, and now it's two. And, you know, they have the best doctors in the world, the best care in the world, and he's one of the best athletes, in the you know, and you put all those things into perspective and, you know, I'll take the risk. Yeah, I, I think that's the beautiful thing as well. Is like where there where there's these downsides, there's always a beautiful opportunity as well. Um, you know, like a lot of people see it with, you know, like we said, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert. It's opportunity. You got to seize that opportunity. You got to know when to seize opportunity. And it's, it's mostly about belief. Like that's something I love about the hobby is like it's not like always financially driven. Like sometimes it's just like you're on my team. Like I believe in you. I need to buy this. And like, it gives people an opportunity, for example, like to build rainbows, you know, collect the entire serial number, like get one through 10 of like the gold prisms and stuff like that. So, I mean, that's something that keeps it beautiful. But, um, so when did you start getting into like actually integrating yourself with like breaking companies? Cause now you're with bleacher breaks, right? Yes. So probably after buying into breaks for about a year, uh, Blaz Sports Cards honestly came to me and C. Blaz individually came with me uh, with an opportunity to help get involved with their card company and getting more involved. And I mean, I, I looked at the money I was spending. I was like, this is a no brainer. The amount of information I can soak up and learn from just being in the same room with these people that have been in the hobby for, you know, over 20 years combined. Yep. It's, it's it was a no brainer and I loved it. Um, and then from there, I had an opportunity to come back home where I was born and raised and work with bleacher breaks. And, you know, I was missing my family a lot. And I said, you know what, why not? You know, Reed Bleacher's always been a very, very good friend of mine for 10, 15 years. Like, why not give it a shot? I love it back home. And it's been phenomenal. Um... Yeah, it's been pretty cool to, like, go from being a customer and, and stuff to being involved on the other end and actually able to, you know, sort of make a career out of it and, you know, make decent money and stuff. Because um, at the time of me moving to Vegas, no one really believed in me, my parents, no one in my family, even a lot of my friends don't move. Like, what is this going to lead to? And just shows you know sometimes you got to take a little risk in life and put yourself out there yeah sometimes i mean you're the only person that has to believe in yourself for a dream to work and that's that's another thing is like i, I think at the time you were talking about getting back into the hobby you're talking about like 2019 2020 on the verge of the pandemic um you know and a lot of people started trying to go to new horizons when the pandemic hit i think you get a lot of that you know doubt from those around you, especially those who haven't seen success from a certain industry. And I think it took a certain kind of vision. You know, there, there's there's certain people within this industry 
that they have a different set of eyes on them in a way to where they could see past what's in front of them into what the future is going to hold in this industry. And it's like the people that had that vision, those are the people that are still with it right now. The people who are just in it for the quick financial gain, you know, we've seen them filter out a bit more. But, you know, you said it yourself, you started off as a customer. And I think that's what happened was like a lot of us when the pandemic hit, we started off again as customers because we started going back to Target. We started going back to Walmart because those are the only places open. So when you were the customer, what was the aspect of breaking that was like, you were like, I could do this and I enjoy this because I want this as a customer and I want to provide it to somebody else. From like me working, you're saying? Like when you were joining the break, like what was it? Like, you know, like it's like you're like going through an experience with this breaker and it's like there's like a certain thing that just clicks that you're like, this is it. This is this is why I'm I wanna be a part of this. I mean when I'm when I bought into breaks, I guess what for me got me going was just like beyond first of all, I guess the lottery chance of like you could hit massive, you know, you could make a ton of money. But, you know, Besides that, I think the biggest thing for me was like the community, the room, the people in that room, the people cheering you on, hoping that you hit, even though, you know what I mean? It doesn't benefit them. And just having that support and stuff in the community, I think that's what I really, really liked. Having this group of people with all this, you know, similar interests and stuff and everyone wants positive and to grow together. I think that's well, I guess I, I could pinpoint one moment for you that you were able to create um, the Wemby Super Odd or Super Fractor. Talk to me about that. The Wemby Super Fractor pull was honestly probably my biggest pull. Yeah, th it's hard to top that kind of card. <laughs> the hype behind the whole Wemby situation was insane. And especially, yeah, at that time, everyone was on the hunt for this 101. Everyone. Everyone was ripping the product. And... It just wasn't coming out, and honestly, I'll never forget it. Me and Griff were ripping on bleacher brakes, and we're telling this guy, like, listen, like, I, you know, one more box. This guy probably ripped, I think, 12 boxes or something. He already just gone through pretty to much back, a case. to back, to back. Just, yeah, pretty much. And we're like, you may as well take one more. At, like, we'd hate to, you know what I mean, just rip it after that. And, and he's like, you know, one you more. Want. He's like, all right, one more. Give him the box, start ripping it. We see, like, the super, and we're like, no way. Like, this is, there's no way this is it. There's no way. Pulls it, Wemby. And it was just, honestly, I blacked out. Like, I, I was going to say, I remember. feel like that's, like, the epitome of what you just described is, like, the whole community is just like, we did it. You know, and it's like, it's the card's not even going to anybody else but that one guy. But it's like, we did it. I'm a part of this. Yeah, and the whole ch and everyone in that chat feels a part of it too. Yep. And it's just, I mean, yeah, that poll was just nuts. I think I said, as he saw it was 101, I said, if it's Wemby, I'll put a chair through the wall. And then I don't even, it was Wemby. And I was just like, I, yeah, just they're, they're going to be mad at me, but I made a promise here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I made a promise here. <laughs> like, I got to keep it. But I mean, like, it doesn't get no bigger than that. That's a beautiful moment. I think, like, the thing you you look to describe like what the community's feeling is right like we invest into these cards like yeah financially and and you know with our passion of sports but it's like in that moment you're invested into the time of you actually waiting to see is this guy going to hit something massive like i just want to be here to witness history it's like it's like buying a ticket to like a major sports game in a way you know like i feel like it's like kind of the same thing like buying like a ticket to the world series to see a card that massive like pulled 
it's i mean yeah it's just the sweat like everyone wants that that sweat like yeah. is it it you know that feeling i don't know that's that got yeah that's what it, <laughs> it got crazy real fast i mean <laughs> yeah. One second, you know, we're, we're opening 12 boxes. There's not much. And the next second, there's chairs going through the wall. But what else can you do at that point? Um, something that's been, you know, creating massive buzz as of lately. And I see Bleacher Breaks has pulled some crazy stuff out of it as well. Absolute has been taking over the market. CJ Stroud's Kaboom, what, it was like $15,000 or something? I think you had made a post about it, right? Yeah, his market is absolutely insane. But to be fair, Stroud doesn't sign so it's like yeah for panini he does yeah. not sign so it's like all this numbered stuff all this these sales usually i think these you know the sales on the base the silver all of it is like i think usually extreme upon release but i think this is warranted i think this is the one time where it's like this hype is actually warranted you know this is all you're getting from panini like personally like i think it wears off a little bit after the playoffs you know if look if he beats the Ravens, for some reason, say, like, right now they're down 17-10, but they were tied at halftime. It doesn't mean count them out. If they, for some reason, beat the Ravens today, all right, yeah, it's 100%. You can't you can't turn back at that point. Yeah. Like, there's no chance to turn back. I think if he loses this game, yeah, you may see it, like, dip down a little bit, but I'll say this, buy it at that point. That's, like, one of the situations we're talking about where it's, like, yeah, where there's, like, this demise, like, quote-unquote demise for this player. No, it's opportunity. Yeah. Like, go buy C.J. Stroud because this kid is nice. Like, this is a team where nobody held high expectations for the Texans to do anything. He took this team full of pretty much rookies and sophomores, and now they're making a run in the playoffs. I mean, it's it's insane, and I agree. Yeah, if they lose and he starts to dip, I'll probably start buying. I mean, going into the season, I don't think anyone expected, you know, this to be where Stroud's out at the end of the season. This is – he's surpassed – say expectations oh yeah by far and away but i mean look i'll say this if that green one of one kaboom is pulled what kind of value are you putting on that if the if the base one's doing 15 if the base one's doing 15 i mean people are gonna comment at me for this but that card in my opinion is what two hundred thousand. i was I, I was gonna say a hundred thousand and i almost felt like i might have been pushing that I mean, it's got it's got to be. I, I would say it has to at the least touch near six figures, if not over six figures. If the raw's doing fifteen, though, it's like I don't know. That's whatever someone's willing to pay, I guess. At the end, yeah, because even I think his color blast was doing like nine thousand raw as well. Like his numbers are just absolutely insane with the market. But um, I'm excited to see what happens with the rest of this game. I mean, it's the third quarter right now. Like I said, they're down a touchdown. You never know what could happen, but the Ravens are a nice team. They defeated all the major teams. I can't bet against Broward County. You know, you I, with Lamar Jackson at the end of the day, he's the hometown boy. I called him the Broward Ravens. So that's the only thing that makes the most sense. But um, you're going to be at Culture Collision next week, I right? I will be. I will be. All right, be. we're going to definitely reconnect out there. But I, I guess it's a good lead into probably like any content we do out there. But I'll, I'll ask you this. Do you have any like specific goals that you would like to see for yourself or for the hobby in, as a whole in 2024? Honestly, yeah, there is one – for the hobby as a whole, I'd say – this is going to sound crazy too, but my goal for the hobby in 2024, as crazy as it might sound, is more exposure. I know at shows we have more cameras, there's people recording, there's more of all of that than ever before, but I think the hobby needs to almost dip into other industries where we can at times. Not – just 
ram it down people's throats, but like little things. Like I, I'm going to the beach. I think tomorrow to film some content. I want to go to the beach. Just ask cute girls, would you date someone that collects sports cards? Show them pictures. You know, show if them- they say yes, slip them my number. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I mean, like I I get that though, because like I think I'll I'll, I'll one up what you're saying in a sense, right? You're saying you want more exposure, right? Now, even though we have all these cameras, I think it's embrace the exposure more than anything, because I think we have a lot of people that are resistant to the idea of how many eyes we're trying to get onto this industry. I mean, just look at how wide the market can go if we become inclusive of not just other industries, but like. Look at the effect that Tom Brady had, LeBron James had, when they announced them as people who were going to be signing in these products. They created commercials, marketing tactics, putting it on CNN, Fox, and all these different news outlets. Like, there's so much room for us to get new eyes and and bodies into this industry who really and truly love collecting things. They just don't even know it yet. That's the, the biggest thing is a lot of, there's so many people who love this hobby and they just don't know it yet. And I think we just got to like work on tapping into it. And, you know, it's hard because it's bigger than a one person thing, you know, but I think that's, yeah, that's probably my goal of the hobby for me personally, just putting myself out there as much as possible the beach. I don't, I'm flying to Vegas for the AVN awards. I want to do content, maybe bring cards of like some of the actresses and stuff, but just however I can just being different going to schools and doing stuff with cards, content, just putting myself out there and just growing this thing however I can. One day at a time, man. But we're happy to have had you. Guys, make sure you go follow YZ underscore official, right? Yep. Go follow YZ underscore official on Instagram. And we'll be back with the next guest here from the Hobby Slam trade night at the brand new AA Mint Cards. We'll catch you around. Let's go. Ready? All right, let's do it. All right. (laughs) What's up, guys? This is Imano from the Hobby Slam podcast. We are back with the owner of AA Mint Cards, Aaron Amarant. And, man, first and foremost, congratulations. This has just been over the top with how amazing this grand opening is. Like, even for me, like, in being in disbelief, I can only imagine how you're feeling. But let let us know if you can even put into words. I mean, to put it, like... I literally can't put into words (laughs) right now. My my brain's fried. I've been here since uh, 7 a.m. We had two kids beat me here today. They were the first in line and um, they were just like, yeah, we had to be the first in the shop. And I was like, damn, like that's, that just gave me a, a small taste of what today was going to be like. And it's ex- exceeded my expectations. I mean, first and foremost, the shop is absolutely beautiful, guys. I know we touched up on it a little bit earlier in the episode when we were introducing things. But this shop, you you can't not come down to South Florida <laughs> and you're a collector and not at least come visit this spot. It's incredible, like from just the way it looks, the lights, the design, you know, the amount of wax that just rounds the corner, the amount of slabs that just fill the entire room. Um, but I think it's kind of like opening up a little bit of a new perspective in a way, right? Like when the pandemic kind of hit, our issue became you can't go to shops, right? Mm-hmm. Because they're not essential. Yeah. And the only places we could go were like Target, Walmart, and you're buying retail ultimately at that point. Um, and then it's like people had to kind of reconnect and refine the love for shops as mm-hmm. we started, you know, getting normalized once again. So, I mean, like, the thing that kind of, I feel like, sparked so many people back into the hobby was breaking. Mm. But I feel like now we're more normalized once again, and people are able to be face-to-face in person. 
Do you feel like the power is starting to shift back a little bit more toward your local shop? Not even just as an owner, but even as a collector. Yeah, I mean, in 2020, when the pandemic hit, breaking was the experience with the hobby. That's where you went to chat with your buddies. That's where you went to see the people you normally see. You know, the breaker was like your pal. You know, he would know you by name. It was like that, that was the hobby shop at the time. So taking that perspective now that we're out of the pandemic, I think incorporating that same sort of camaraderie into a retail store is, is the new wave of it. If, if you're, if you're not providing an experience in your shop, it's you're, you're behind because anybody can get a cheaper product online. You're never going to beat the internet. That's what we've learned. So what else can you do to provide a reason, a, a product in a way to make justify spending more on a, on a product? So, for example, our product is the experience. That's what we're selling to. You're going to find cheaper products online, always, no matter where you go. But you're not going to find an experience like this coming to a physical store that looks like this and feels like this. I mean, even, you know, just a few minutes ago, guys, to give you an idea of what was just happening, you had everybody, like, <laughs> gathered into the corner because oh someone just, God. you know, bought an entire case of flawless collegiate football, and everybody's just waiting to see what's going to happen. But it's, it's like Aaron just said, you know, the, the word here is experience. You know, that... And I think that was the thing is like with breaking, you were experiencing something new, right? You were connecting with people who weren't even nearby you. You know, they're across the country. They could be in a whole other country in, uh, you know, another country like in like Europe or Japan or wherever. Like we're seeing all these Asian collectors come out. But now, you know, it's like to be able to come back into a shop, right? Like I remember when I was like five, six, or even like sometimes like 10 to 12 years old, like when Pokemon first came out, Yu-Gi-Oh! first came out. Like my big experience of what got me collecting was being able to go to the shops, play these games, connect with the people in my community. And I, I, I gotta say like for the first time in a long time, like this event is truly hitting home to what that used to feel like. Yeah. Like I'm seeing, you know, all the people I know in the community, everybody's mm -hmm. out here, you yeah. know? And that that's a beautiful thing is like, this isn't just a shop. It's a it's a connecting point. It's almost like a Switzerland, you know, like yeah, where everybody's like, this is middle ground where everybody could come. And it's like, if you're a breaker or a collector or just somebody trying to reintroduce yourself to the yeah. hobby, come to AA Mint Cards. Yeah, and I think, I think one thing that's really cool about it is it's all different experience levels. You see it here. You know, you see kids outside trading like two, three dollar singles. And then you see some guy in the corner ripping, like you said, an entire case of collegiate flawless. Yep. So actually it was a case and a half. Uh, pulled one of one, uh, <laughs> pulled one of one Jackson Smith Najigba. That was a really good one. Um, but anyway, I could talk about what's been going on there all day. Um, but the variety of people, all all different backgrounds, all different kinds of knowledge, all different kinds of collections, and we're able to service all of them with just such an experience of being here and just learning and collaborating. It's, it's it, it's like just talking about it. it gives me like butterflies. It's amazing. Absolutely. I mean, so then for you, like, where do you think this is going to lead for the state of the hobby? Like, what do you think is the next step ultimately for now? Not just card shop owners. Right. But it's like, I feel like, you know, it's like we had breaking now card shops are raising the bar ultimately yeah. on breakers of like, how are you going to up your experience to keep people on there? Cause I feel like we're kind of like seeing the tide switch back a little bit. Like we're seeing people kind of sway away from breaking. They mm -hmm. don't want to be as much online. They're more in shops. So like, what do you, or what would you advise ultimately as like the next step of what you would want to see like a breaker do? I think, I think there's going to be a bit of consolidation in the breaking space because in 2020, I mean, it was easy money. Breaking was a gold mine. Um, but the people who have survived up to this point have created something beyond just having the good products. They've had 
they've grown a customer base. And I think that customer base is really key in providing them a unique novel experience every time. So it's not you're just going to buy a spot and pick your team break. It's more than that. It's, oh, it's I'm going to have this player break with me or I'm going to make it an exclusive event where only my best customers can enter this and you're getting it at drop prices. Like unique stuff to keep it fresh, to keep it like, oh, you know, like, yeah, I can spend this money elsewhere, but I had such a great time on this app. It was such a good time. Like I was in bed till three in the morning just buying spots, you know, just yep. enjoying it with my buddies and it was unique because a lot of people are, couldn't be doing the same thing. So creating that same experience, the same ethos of what we're doing here in person, but online. I think that, I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of been already, it's already swaying in that direction. I could see it continuing that way. Because I think like, even with shops, it's like there was a bit of an oversaturation for a little bit, but it was like, like what kept the shop fresh, right? And that's what mm -hmm. swayed people to go to shops such as yours and, and other ones in the area that stuck out a little bit more than yeah. others. I, I think breakers got to kind of think with that same mindset is like, all right, there's a lot of us now where, you know, breakers are a dime a dozen at this point. And I think it's like, the better breakers are going to be the ones that recognize that and step up to the challenge to differentiate themselves from everybody else. Yeah, and one of the things that I see becoming a trend in, in breaking or a, a good opportunity for breakers is transparency. Breaking can be shady sometimes. Like nobody, nobody's denying that. So ha becoming or figuring out a way to be as transparent as you can be with a breaker or as a breaker with your customers, I think that's going to be a big differentiator with a lot of these guys. Because once you have a couple of negative reviews where it's like, hey, I didn't get these cards, like this card went off camera, like you, you get those. And it's like, if you have a guy where it's like, no, I trust that, then, then you're, doing, you're doing good and you're differentiating yourself big time. In 2024, who you've been investing into? So, okay, I'm not a speculator when it comes to sports i have always always been formula one that's been my mo yeah. that's my collection um i could talk about who i've been investing in f1 who i think is going to have a, a great year and i think that's going to be oscar piastri um his first pro chrome i guess pro chrome autos are coming out with the new tops chrome um, formula one so he's going to be one that i'm going to either hope i'm going to be hoping to hit or i'm going to be buying singles when when they okay. do hit the market F1's been really going up. I mean, you're right, though. Ever since, like, we've, like, met you, like, at the first shop and the first event you guys hosted, I mean, it kicked off with you opening up that entire case of <laughs> F1 Chrome. We have that, you know, that Leclerc Gold I pulled? You still have it? It's in the case right there. Oh, you guys just have it already, like, out on display? It's, a, it's on display, yeah. Oh, my God, that's beautiful. I actually yeah. saw the, the card on display that caught my eye was your rookie card. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yes, that one, that one, no comps on that. No comps. no comps. I know what I have. It's priceless. I know what I have. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let me ask you this. If there was one highlight to take from today, what would it have been? To be honest, I haven't fully processed today. I have no, like it's all a blur. Um, I'm going to reflect on it tonight. Probably in my dreams because I'm, I'm going to pass out once I get home. Um, there's one moment. Jeez. I mean, we've had so many of our customers who, who were at the old shop come in and they're just kind of like floored. They have that, that reaction that, it's like this changes the game big time. Like they they were customers because they trusted us and it, we had a cool shop. I'm not saying the old, I'm not hating on the old shop. It was great for what it was and we did the most with it. But I think just the reactions of everybody who's come up to me and is like, hey, congratulations. Like this is beyond amazing. Yeah. I mean, you guys have created a staple here. Like this is definitely what that is. You know, and like I think we're going to start seeing that that trend only grow further into 2024, 2025, because now it's like, not only did you guys just open, you have Cards HQ, yes, I was about to you know, like that, Cognizance yeah. opening another yeah. like bigger one. And I think it goes back to like, even what you were saying is like, like the engagement rate 
yeah. of like how are you connecting with the customers because like I think now one of the cooler trends is a lot of these shops are creating like breaker bars like yeah. you guys have these breaker bars and like you know, Polka Bros, uh, Gengar Polka Bros, and and um, I forgot where Sophia Mon. Oh yeah, yeah, they were they were killing it over yeah, there. Yeah, that they were they've been there like all day just breaking. But like that's so cool because you want to know where a lot of the attention has been is around those areas yeah. where the people are breaking. Yeah, and I think that brings me back to what I was saying about the breakers. How there's going to be a consolidation. I think in the shops you're going to have the same thing. Whoever can provide the best experience, we're going to have probably less shops but way better shops. Maybe more partnerships though. Even you might see more brands partner with like their local shops, and it's oh, going to because. I think, and that's something I've been like trying to preach a bit more, you know, on certain podcasts and content that we've been creating mm -hmm. is trying to tell people there's, there's a lot of power in partnership and collaboration. I mean, yeah. look at what we're doing right now. Yeah. You know, being able to connect the Hobby Slam community and the AA Mint community and connecting them to the point of it only grows everything. Yeah. And, and to be perfectly honest, if, if we didn't have you guys here, we couldn't handle a trade night on our own because we're dealing with so much here. So to have you guys come in and, you know, um, promote the trade night, kind of facilitate some of the logistics of it. It was such a big help, and I think everybody benefited from it. Yeah. Just because of the the turnout. We have people who would just come for a trade night who now know our shop. You have people who just came for our shop who now know about you guys, the trade night, the show. It just worked out for everybody. And I feel like it was, like, very even, too, because, like, we were, like, asking some people, you know, like, how, how'd you end up coming here? Where'd you hear it through? And it was, like, very, like, half and half. Like, oh, you know, I love Amen. I've been coming to Amen. Oh, you know, I, I heard it from Hobby Slam. And then the very few that were, like, you know, I, I just heard about it from a friend, but I came to check it out. And, like, now I know about the shop. Now I know about the show. And I plan <laughs> on being at both. Did you hear of the story about the two uh, people who came from Poland? There's people from Poland here right yeah, now? So, <laughs> so I'll make this brief. They made the walk from Poland, like Lil Yachty? So. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> my brain's so fried. They went over so many hobby heads right now. <laughs> <laughs> so these guys, they were at the uh, Miami Heat-Atlanta Hawks game. Yeah. And somebody in their, in their chat group, I don't know if it was a Polish chat group or something, but said something about this grand opening. They came for the game, and then they Ubered all the way from Kaseya Center, which is – just for reference, that's probably like a hundred and fifty dollar Uber. Oh yeah, it's easy. Like Forty minutes, and then you're talking about a mid <laughs> a Saturday, Saturday yeah, oh, in God. Miami, mid traffic, ridiculous. Yeah. Way more than I invested in Uber. Um, then they came here, and they bought a spectral lucky envelope, and they got a LeBron number to eight. I mean, come on, that's that's what it's all about, though. I know, and, and that's the thing is like. It, the key word this entire conversation between Aaron and myself is experience, experience. guys, and like that's the that's the thing that. The hobby's all about is creating these experiences because experiences create memories. Memories last forever. And, yeah. like, that's just ultimately what everybody's trying to do from an in-person show to Hobby Slam to these shops. Like, it, it's been beautiful, man. We're, we're grateful that you guys had us here. Yeah. Um, I, I can only imagine what the future holds. I mean, we still have our In the Biz Night coming for the actual <laughs> weekend yes. of Hobby Slam. Yes. So I think that's going to be June 20th, which is, like, the night before Hobby that's Slam actually birthday, kicks off. That's my birthday, by the way. Yeah, he was saying, he was, like, so oh, excited. he was hyping himself up? Well, I, I'm, I'm going to give a little surprise <laughs> away here. He's like, he's like, I, he's like, I don't care if it's not my actual birthday, because I think he said it was, like, a day or two off 20, or something like that. Yeah, because he this. wanted, he wanted to do it on his birthday. I was like, Mark, people aren't going to drive from Miami all the way up here and then all the way back. I was like, well, let's do it before. Before. I was like, because if we do it right before, I was like, you know, then people will come. He was like, fine, I'm giving away $10,000 on my birthday. I was like, all right, that's it. You know how he goes, man. Oh, my God. Your dad's a character. I love oh, him, man. But you, you guys make such a great team because it's like, you guys are ultimately like yin and yang, too, in a way. We're very different. Yeah, you guys are very different, but it makes, then. but like, look at what you guys are able to create together because of those differences. Yeah. You know, and I, I don't think you guys, like, I'm sure you guys do, like, behind closed doors, like, probably clash heads over, oh, like, your differences. All the time. 
But it's like you guys also know at the same time how to embrace each other's differences and be like, all right, you know what? I may not agree with this, but I trust you. Yeah. Like that's that's the beautiful thing. Yeah, there, he he's got a certain way about him where I I know that he might not he might not do it the way I want, but I know it's gonna be it's gonna get done yeah. in a way that will work. Yeah. So I can live with that and I can focus on what I know I'm good at. Which is, you know, just the, the kind of the innovation side of things, you know, like the grid system, the light, the design of the place, that kind of thing. So uh, there is a, there is a mutual understanding that we both have our own way of doing things, and sometimes it's just like, hey, let him let him cook, you yep. know, let, let me cook. Let you yeah, cook. He kind of even like said it to us as well. He was like, he's like, I give a lot of the credit to like Aaron, you know, like how you said the design and stuff. Like that. I don't see your dad having that kind of aesthetic. No, but, but he'll, he'll push whatever product exactly. you give him really, really well. But your well. dad's very persistent. He's <laughs> yes. going to make sure, like, people know about AIM. And, yes. and, that, and that's where he comes in very strong. Because, like, he even said he has, like, roots and stuff like that with promoting shows and, and knowing how to connect to the yeah. community. So that's where it's like, yeah, I, I see where, where you guys are more compatible than you are different. And you both recognize that. And it's only going to make for not only this shop to have such a great grand opening. I can only imagine how much further this shop is going to go. I can only imagine, you know what things you probably haven't even gotten to do in this shop yet that I mean, you have to finish. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot. This is, you know, when, it, when you're opening a new store, and I, I learned this when we opened our first shop, it's a, when you're going for a grand opening, it's about minimum viable product. That's your start, right? If it works, great, we can open. You know, we could sell this, this item, great, you know? And then you, you build on top of minimum viable product. So what we got now is pretty good. It's minimum viable product, though. Because I everywhere I look, I see little things that can be switched, changed, and it gets it gets me excited because I know what six months from now is going to look like a completely different store, and I think that's what all shops should be doing: just seeing where their weak points are, innovating like that. And um, yeah, we have a lot in store. We have a lot. In well, store. I'm definitely excited for it, Aaron. We appreciate you, you know, being on the Hobby Slam podcast, guys. If you are ever in South Florida. You need to come check out AA Mint Cards, 3800 North University Drive in Cooper City, Florida. Uh, I, I can't recommend it enough. I can't put it into words. <laughs> but if you come here, if you love collecting, if you love cards, even if you love like memorabilia or just coming sports. out and hanging out with the boys <laughs> and watching some sports, people have been here just watching the game and now we're about to watch some UFC fights. Yeah. It, it's it's a vibe if I were to put it into Miami terms for you guys. Um, but guys, make sure you follow at AA Mint Cards. Yep. Come visit the shop. Check them out. Aaron, thank you again to you, Mark, your whole family, team. You guys have been nothing short of incredible. Thank you. you know, and I wish you guys the best, man, but thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate man. it. Thank you. All right. I really don't want to get up, though. Well, guys, that is going to wrap up another episode of the Hobby Slam podcast. Peter, I wish I could have had you around yeah, more. No, but hey, how look, you doing? I think the people will be pleasantly surprised to see you in some other content around the way because this has just been absolutely incredible. Can I ask you, like, wh is there anything that stuck out in your mind about this so experience? So as, as far as, like, events where we've been to and, you know, had, a you know, a group of people, I, I don't think I've ever seen like the amount of people, but the amount of smiling faces that I've seen today. Like I've seen so many people just walking by smiling, just like Aaron was walking by. It was just <laughs> smiling ear to ear about everything that was going on. I mean, the energy in here, like there's a breakers bar. It's, it's state of the art. This is what the future of card shops are going to be. And I'm just happy to be a part of it right here on the ground floor to see day one that we were here, the impact that every one of us had in the community to come out here and show out because again, we, I, I'd, I'd estimate we've had maybe a thousand people out here going through those doors. I think, you, I think you might be overshooting it, but, like, but it, feel, I, I may it not feels be like it though. That's but the I may thing. not be. That's the thing. You may not be. I mean, like th look throughout the day, maybe like that's, 
come and gone. I'm, I'm thinking throughout the day more. But of I, I think I think that speaks though to volumes of how this day has been. Is like it just feels like the entire community was here. Like it feels like the the word to use, I guess, is present. It yeah. just it feels like the hobby was present but, today, and the the industry was more alive than ever. But it wasn't even that they were they were present and they were making themselves known. Their presence were known. Like, they really were out here enjoying themselves, having a great time. The energy was fantastic. Like, I can't wait to get back out there just to be a part of the energy because we're here. It's probably almost 9 o'clock right now. My phone died like an hour ago. <laughs> like, we're here. Your wife's it's like, just worried. I, 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 the energy is infectious right now. So I'm, I'm just happy to be here. I'm a happy to be a part of this here at the new AA Mint card shop, man. It's It's been unbelievable. Yeah, guys, I... I I keep saying it all episode long. You can't put it into words, but we are honored, beyond honored, and a huge thank you to Mark, Aaron, and the entire team here at AA Mint Cards for working with us and partnering to, you know, put on this Hobby Slam trade night to kick off their grand opening of their new location. It's a beautiful spot, and we wish them nothing but the best and most success in their future, not just in 2024, but for many years to come. We want to see this community keep these kinds of shops alive for not just our time, but for the next time and the time after that, and for people to be able to just create new experiences time and time again. Uh, but on behalf of myself, Daniel Imano at Rips by Imano, and my co-host Peter Ginter at Pete Pulls Heat, we appreciate you all tuning in here at the Hobby Slam podcast. Make sure you go follow us on all our social networks at Hobby Slam, at Hobby Slam Bets, at Hobby Slam Breaks, and we'll catch you around on the next episode, guys. Take care. <laughs>